Hi there, and welcome to episode 38 of the Smart English Coach podcast, the podcast that gets you to advanced English level fast. As you probably already know, I speak both Italian and French. These languages were relatively easy for me to learn because English has a lot of French and Italian sounding words. Simple words like jardin for garden or giardino, for example, helped me to make sense of the languages when I was learning them. This is completely different to my experiences living in Hong Kong and trying to understand Cantonese. There was no way at all that I could just pick up the meaning from a word because it sounded like English. But, of course, it's not always that simple. Some words may sound like a word in your language, but not mean the same thing at all. And you probably know that these words are called false friends. For example, the Italian word conveniente doesn't mean convenient, but cheap. And in Italian and French and Spanish and no doubt lots of other languages, the word looking like sensible means sensitive and so on. False friends are very well documented and if you want to find a list of false friends with your language and English, you only need to Google it. I'm sure you'll find a lot of resources and false friend lists. In fact, false friends are interesting and important for lots of reasons. And this is what I'd like to talk about in this episode. First of all, false friends can cause misunderstandings, both when we hear them or when we use the wrong word. It might just lead to an embarrassing mistake. If in Italian I call someone noioso because I think it means noisy, I am in fact accusing them of being boring. That's a little bit embarrassing, but I can live with that. Of course, the mistakes can be far more serious in a business context. But false friends are important also because some of the most common words in a language can be false friends. So the words pain in French, spelt P-A-I-N, doesn't mean pain in English, but bread. And a can isn't a can of peaches, which is what you might guess that it means if you don't speak French, but a fishing rod. Personally, I love that false friend. You can also have false friends within languages. This is quite common in American English and British English. So for American English speakers, pants are trousers. But for me, a British English speaker, pants are your underwear, or in fact, it means rubbish. For example, that film is pants. Don't go and watch it. In American English, suspenders are what we would call braces. For us, suspenders are also a type of underwear like tights. And there are lots and lots more examples. But I think one of the most important reasons to be aware of false friends is that they can often become fossilised. That means they become stuck in your knowledge of English, which means it's harder to unlearn them and replace them with the correct words. In fact, false friends can become so embedded in your knowledge that they stay there for years afterwards 
and I'll give you an example of this. I was chatting to a colleague who lives in France and she used the expression c'est pas terrible, which I automatically assumed to mean it's okay. So my logic is that if it isn't terrible, then it must be okay, then it must be all right. No, she said it means it isn't great because the word terrible can mean terrible, but it can also mean terrific. And when she reminded me of this, I realised that I had made the same assumption years ago when I'd first heard it. So it just goes to show fossilised errors can remain fossils for years. So how do you check for false friends? I've got three suggestions for you. First of all, go and Google them. You'll probably find the most important ones for your language, which will at least raise awareness for you. Second thing, try to be mindful when you use English. Do you get confused looks? It could be anything. It could be the wrong pronunciation or maybe a grammar mistake, but false friends are always a possibility. And my third suggestion is to keep an error diary. So to make a note every time you make a mistake. And for false friends, this is important because it's going to take a lot of effort to change something which we instinctively feel is correct. Something which is so linked to our first language and therefore to what we believe is correct. And I think that writing things down is a very powerful way of remembering and of setting intentions for the future. So let me know, what are some of the biggest false friends you have in your language? I'd love to hear them. Don't forget to subscribe to make sure you never miss an episode of the podcast. You can subscribe on the page smartenglishcoach.com. Thank you so much for listening and there will be a new episode next week. Speak soon. Bye.